This weekend, the whole world is getting ready for the big game and doing everything they can possibly do to make sure that their team wins. As for me, I'm going to fluff my hair, I'm going to snap my left hand, I'm going to stand on one leg to make sure that the Eagles win this weekend. Now, wait a minute. I'm not going to get booed by my alma mater here. I'm not talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm talking about the Concordia Eagles. What are you guys talking about? I know that uh, the Holy Names University Hawks are our brothers and sisters in Christ, but in good Christian love, I hope we annihilate them on the basketball court this weekend. Now... When it comes to that other big game that's going on this weekend on Sunday, it turns out that the fans of the Philadelphia Eagles are rather superstitious. And you can see why, because basically the Patriots, whether you like it or not, have dominated the NFL for the last decade. And so the Eagles are going to need all the help that they can get to lift the Vince Lombardi Trophy on Sunday. I read an article about this this past week, and the top three superstitious things that Philadelphians are doing this Sunday is this. Number one, they're only allowed to order uh, Philly cheesesteak pizzas to eat at their Super Bowl parties. Number two, they are only allowed to wear their midnight green jerseys because you see in green they are 10 and 1 this season, so don't wear your Fletcher Cox home jersey on Sunday. You're going to ruin it for them. And then the third superstitious thing that Philadelphians are doing is you know that one person in your family that you invite over to watch the game, and every time they come over to watch the game, your team loses? You got someone like that in your family? Well, in Philadelphia, they're saying, invite those people to the game, but before kickoff, lock them in the basement. Now, all of this is only weird if it doesn't work. You see, that's the way superstitions are. If you perform certain rituals, if you act in a certain way, if you don't try to jinx anything, then you get what you want. The problem with superstitions, however, is that we don't only do them on game day. The problem is superstitions can actually control our lives. Shut 
that again. When you believe in things you don't understand, then you suffer. Superstition ain't the way. Now, some of you might be saying, I'm not all that superstitious, but think about it for just a moment. Aren't there times in your life when you act in ways that you don't really understand, and because of that, you suffer from it? Now, because I'm good friends with Professor Brett Taylor, I am going to break down superstitious behavior for you in a mathematical formula, all right? Superstition looks like this. U times G squared minus J equals S. Now, let me explain this to you, especially for you English majors out there. Just joking, just joking. U stands for you, okay? I know this is complicated, but stick with me. G represents our good works. For superstitions to work, you've got to do all kinds of good stuff. 
And it's not just that you do some good stuff, you have to do a lot of good stuff. So you want to square that and multiply it. And then the J stands for the jinx factor, all the stuff that you do not want to do, because if you do them, you're going to ruin the whole thing. And ain't nobody got time for that. The outcome, S, well, that stands for success. So here's how superstitions work. You multiply squared good works, subtract all the negative super stupid stuff, and you will be successful in what you're doing. Now, look closely at that formula. This is not just for superstition, but isn't this the formula that you have been taught since you were a child? When it comes to being successful in life, what you need to do is try really, really, really hard. You need to make sure that you walk the straight and narrow, never make any mistakes, and if you are constantly chasing after that, then you will be a successful person. Well, how's that working out for you? Now, don't get me wrong, as a pastor, I preach about our faith being active and producing good works, and I definitely advocate refraining from sin and every evil, but if this is your formula for life, then you are superstitiously holding on to the belief that the value of who you are depends on what you do or what you do not do. This is the creed you live by. What happens when your family or friends disappoint you, when they don't live up to that equation? Do you sort of just lock them in a relationship basement and hope that they don't ruin your successful life? Or let's get more personal. What happens when you don't live up to this standard? When you aren't as good as you think you are. When you have done some stupid stuff that have hurt some people that you love, what do you do with that? You thought you would be basking in your glory and instead you are hiding in your secret shame. Maybe there is a different formula that we can live by in our life. Or maybe is that too good to be true? What's this? They sent our check back. What check? Our mortgage check. They sent it back. Oh, no. Did I forget to deposit your paycheck? No, it's not a, a bounce check. They didn't even deposit it. They just sent it back. Why? I don't know. And there's no letter? Uh, well, there's a form letter here. It says, Supplemental Account Activity, Terminal Account Pending. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't like the sound of that word terminal, though. Uh, there's a number here. I'll, I'll call them. Maybe they changed their address. No, the, the address is fine. Everything's fine. They just sent it back. Hello. Hello, yes, I have a question about my account. Yes, uh, my number is um, 576... Uh, 40937B. Yes, well, I, I got my check back in the mail today, and um, well, I just want to make sure there's no like problem. I don't want to get charged a late fee or anything. Where? No, where would you like me to send the check to? What? Um, how much? 
Why? From where? What? $104,000? You know, that can't be right. Well, could you find out? That would be really great. Yes. Uh, what, what was your name? Kelly Demetrio. Okay. Yeah, tonight or tomorrow works great. Yes, thank you. Okay, what is going on? Our account is closed. It's been paid off. Paid off? Yes, they sent the check back because there's no balance on the loan. Uh, did another bank pay it off? I don't know. They, they just said something like a, an electronic funds transfer for $104,000. How do they not know where it came from? They do. Uh, it just takes them some time to, to trace it. She's going to call me back tonight or tomorrow. Mark, what if someone paid off our mortgage? No, it's obviously a mistake. Someone obviously just pressed the wrong button and sent 100 grand to the wrong account. Whoever's expecting that money is probably squawking by now. What if we were supposed to get it? We weren't, Diane. Just don't go there. But think about it, Mark. If we... I'm not going to think about it. It, it. it was a mistake. End of story. You don't know that. I'm not going to get all talked up. Just have Kelly Whatsoface call me back and tell me to send the money back. So just drop it. Drop it. Drop it. You just want me to forget about the fact that someone may have paid off our mortgage. Oh, you are such a dreamer. You always do this. You go off into your own world, you know, jumping to your own conclusions, and suddenly you're spinning out of control. And what's wrong with that? Because life isn't like that, Diane. There are no magic sugar daddies that anonymously pay off your mortgage and don't tell you about it. You know, it's a fantasy, Diane. Utter fantasy. And I am not going to fall for it. Okay, Mark. Just play it safe. Don't dream. Don't believe in anything. That's fine. Believe? You think if I just believe, everything's just going to come true? I didn't say that. You know, I've believed in more than a few things in my life, and not one of them has ever panned out. You know, I learned the hard way. You have to work for what you get for, you grow old, and then you die. And that's it. There's no rabbit that actually comes out of the hat. Okay, Mark. You're right. It might be a mistake. It's probably a mistake. But I don't see the harm in just dreaming about it. Why is that so terrible? Diane, you know when, when you take Buddy outside and you go, oh, oh, come on, Buddy, and then you jump back in and you slam the door? Yeah. Have you ever noticed how he falls for that every single time? Every time he actually believes that it will work. Buddy trusts me. Yeah, for no good reason. If he had a, a brain in his head, he'd actually learn something. Sometimes I do play with him. And he's, he's willing to take that chance over and over again while I'm not. Okay, Mark. But you can really not think about it. You can just watch TV tonight and just not even think about the notion of it. Not even a little bit. That's right. Uh, I care. You are one cynical man. I guess so. <laughs> Hello? Right. Thank you. Well? It was a mistake. She wants me to send the money back. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, in light of the Super Bowl, I would say that skit just pulled a flea flicker on us. We thought maybe it would have ended... A different way. Weren't you rooting for Diane to dream that something good could actually come out of our lives and that we wouldn't be disappointed? And yet, 
Then there's Mark, cynical Mark. He abides by the formula U times G squared minus J equals success. There are no sugar daddies in life. Both Diane and Mark, the dreamer and the cynic, live inside of each of us. Each of us have faith and cynicism that reside in us. And you know what? Maybe they can both be right at the same time. It is cynical to think that a complete stranger is going to write a $100,000 check to pay off all of our debts because we know human nature. Most people don't act that way. Most people are, well, somewhat selfish. They overlook other people in their life because their life is all about them. And if we're honest, a lot of times that's how we act too. So yes, we are cynical when it comes to human behavior. And yet, we also have faith that God has something better in store for us. We believe that there is more to life than what we can see. And maybe, just maybe, God's love for us is so much greater than any human love, imperfect human love that we've ever experienced, that he would actually be willing to make things right in our life, that he would actually be willing to pay off our debt. The Bible tells us this in Romans 5, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God? You see, God loves you so much that he came to pay off your debt, your enormous debt, in full. Not by writing a check, but by shedding his blood. Christ makes us right with God through his cross. He pays for our sin. You see, the gospel is not about our good works. It's about Christ's good works. He is the one who fulfilled that entire formula. He multiplied every good and necessary good work, and he refrained from every sin. And in him and him alone do we find, well, success. We're made right with God. So when it comes to the value of your life, and my life, we now can live by a different formula. Faith looks like this, you see. The gospel is Jesus who accomplished all righteousness for us, plus nothing of our own merit. And in the end, by God's grace, we receive everything because God loves us. I know that that kind of love seems too good to be true, but Christ showed it in this, that he died and he rose again for us, God's love, God's great love for you and me. Now, I have to be honest with you and say that the opposite of this equation is also true. That if you believe that you have everything, but you do not have Jesus, in the end, you will have nothing. Let me close with a, a powerful paraphrase of the Bible taken from First Peter. It's taken from the message, and it says this. Your life is a journey. 
that you must travel with a deep consciousness of God. It costs God plenty to get you out of that dead-end, empty-headed life you grew up in. He paid with Christ's sacred blood. He died like an unblemished, sacrificial lamb. And it's because of this sacrificed Messiah, whom God then raised from the dead and glorified, that you trust God, that you know that you have a future in God. Superstition ain't the way. When you believe in things you don't understand, then you suffer. Unless, of course, you believe in the one who suffered for you, Christ Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and in him we find true life. Let's all stand together as we sing the precious love of Jesus Christ.
Will you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, for his sacrificial death on the cross, and that his blood indeed has washed us clean and made us white as snow, given us a new life uh, in your kingdom uh, through your grace and your mercy. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us every day, uh, that we would be reminded of that through your word, that we would remind one another of that truth so that we could uh, hold on tightly uh, to Jesus and to Jesus alone in the midst of all these things. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would be with each and every one of these students, that you would bless them in their uh, time here, that uh, you would bless their uh, weekend, uh, especially with the homecoming festivities and celebrations, that uh, all this would be a joy uh, in the midst of their life uh, as a community here together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.